the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. If you watch any conservative media at all, you are occasionally treated to reports from the southern border. And it is sometimes said that every town's a border town. What do they mean by that? Every town's a border town is a reflection of the fact that things that happen, rather that are allowed to happen, by the Biden administration on the border, unchecked, invaders coming from our country, unvetted, don't know who they are, and the gotaways who are not detained by the hardworking Customs and Border Patrol officers are bringing into our country scores of fentanyl, which is deeply addictive and (laughs) frighteningly fatal to many Americans. Every town's a border town is demonstrated by the fact that we had a fiery crash on I-71 in 2021 that killed four innocent members of a Powell family. It is demonstrated that every town is a border town in the fact that the 26-year-old Blacklick woman, Layla Bordeaux, who crashed her car into the family of four's Toyota RAV4 heading south on I-71 while Layla Bordeaux was heading north, Well, that happened because Layla Bordeaux was high on fentanyl. She drove from the northbound lanes of I-71, just veered into the southbound lanes through the cable barrier in the middle of the interstate into an unsuspecting family that unfortunately at the time was adjacent to a semi-tractor trailer driving south on I-71. And Layla Bordeaux veered her car across the median and into the Toyota RAV4, which had no place to go, and the RAV4 exploded in flame. And the husband, Brian Spurl, age 42, his wife, Abigail, age 38, and their two children, Lincoln and Bastion, ages 11 and 14, were, I certainly hope, killed instantly before they experienced any pain. But she has been sentenced to at least 32 years in prison for eight counts of vehicular homicide. I don't understand the law on that, but it's it's a sad story. She ended four lives needlessly, and really you could argue five, because she will spend... A long, long, long time, three decades plus in prison. 
and fentanyl played an unquestioned role in those deaths. So that is why the border matters. That is why. Because teenagers die foolishly, yes, but still, they don't deserve to die for being foolish, taking a pill from a friend that they think is Adderall or Xanax or something else. They don't deserve to die for making that stupid decision. But you have to tell your kids what I tell mine. Never, ever accept a pill, candy, anything from a friend. You just don't know. Not because the friend is nefarious, not because the friend intends to do harm, but because you just don't know where that came from. And do I believe that this is a purposeful effort by the Chinese to disrupt our country and inflict pain and addiction and all the things that grow from that on our country? Yes, I do believe that. I don't think that's conspiratorial. I think that's prudent common sense, which I know is in short supply. It's almost extinct in our government today, but that is where we are. And the Biden administration knows it, and they're doing nothing to stop it. Now, there is a thought that if the Republicans experience the red wave in the fall in the midterm elections that the polls portend could happen, that the Republicans will go on an investigative binge in the House and Senate to get to the bottom of things like why our Director of Homeland Security, laughably christened as such, Alejandro Mayorkas, says the border is secure when it is, in fact, not secure. And they may try to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. They may try to impeach Merrick Garland. The Attorney General. I really don't know if, I really don't know the wisdom of that because it'd be awesome to dominate in the midterms. Love that. I'm nervous about the possibility of that happening in the Senate because I think in the Senate, the Republican Party kind of whiffed on two can, two states where there is no explicable reason why the Republicans currently trail in the polls in Pennsylvania and Georgia. I'm really shocked Herschel Walker is trailing in Georgia because I thought his name alone, being a legendary Georgia Bulldog, would get him elected. But that just tells you what a bad campaign Herschel Walker has run. And Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, man, oh man. He's got the campaign trail to himself. John Fetterman, who is a Bernie Sanders clone, can't even get out and campaign. And Oz is losing ground since Fetterman had a stroke. So there had to be a better candidate in Pennsylvania than Mehmet Oz. And yeah, I can't mention Mehmet Oz without mentioning the fact that he wouldn't have won without Donald Trump's endorsement. Now in Ohio, Donald Trump, of course, endorsed J.D. Vance. And J.D. Vance won the primary, and I think he won the primary because of Trump's endorsement. But J.D. Vance is a good candidate. J.D. Vance is a really good candidate, okay? And I know there are a lot of people nervous about some candidates who are backed by Peter Thiel. In Arizona, Blake Masters is hoping to win the Republican nomination today. Jim Lehman is one of his competitors. Jim Lehman is the guy that I think I would favor in Arizona. But Blake Masters has Trump's endorsement, and Blake Masters is 
got Josh Hawley's endorsement. And Blake Masters is a Peter Thiel guy. Now, Blake Masters, he's said things before about open borders. He's said a lot of things. So he's got some credibility issues with hardcore Republicans like J.D. Vance had to get over here in Ohio. So we'll see how Masters does tonight. But if the Republicans blow the Senate when it's 50-50 now, I don't care if the seats at issue are stacked more toward Republicans and like you have a retiring senator in Rob Portman. I'm ready to get rid of Rob Portman. I'm not ready to get rid of Rob Portman for Tim Ryan. But would J.D. Vance be an improvement over Rob Portman? Big, big improvement. Because Rob Portman, he's quitting because he doesn't have a stomach for the fight. He's getting up there in years, and, you know, if I could retire to the Golden Lamb and eat great food every day, I probably would too. My family, no, I wouldn't. I'd look at the wokeness in schools, and I'd be like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying for this fight, brother. Bring it. But Rob Portman doesn't have a stomach. J.D. Vance has a stomach. He's got young kids. And like I've said before, what's the better explanation for J.D. Vance going from an anti-Trump guy to a Trump guy. What's the better explanation? Not answering the question at all, like Tim Ryan, who won't tell you why he's voted with Joe Biden 100% of the time, who won't say whether Joe Biden's done a good job or not, who won't say why he won't appear with Joe Biden. If Joe Biden's been a bad president, well, Tim Ryan certainly had a hand in that. He's voted with him every single time. So would you rather have J.D. Vance go, I don't want to talk about that. I'm just going to walk away. I'm not going to talk about that. Or would you rather have J.D. Vance say, as he has said many times, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong on Trump. I was wrong. I wasn't married then. Didn't have kids then. Now I've got kids. Now I'm married. Now I see the world through a different lens. Do you see the world through a different lens? Since you got married and had kids? Since you were responsible for more people than just yourself? I certainly did. So, cut J.D. Vance some slack on that. And realize that you have to vote for the best candidate. Because you know what happens if you don't vote for the best candidate? Do you know who wins if you don't vote for the best candidate? The worst candidate. Yeah, that's how that works. So, we'll see how it plays out. But tonight's big primaries around the country. So I thought Joe Biden last night came as close to sounding like you want a U.S. president to sound uh, as he ever sounds when he talked about the drone strike that killed uh, the top al-Qaeda operative in charge of al-Qaeda, al-Zawahiri. Joe Biden talked about, you know, we'll find you wherever you are, and if you think you're going to be fine and safe because it's been years no we are never going to relent in coming after you that's good so he looks super tired and he had to read it off a prompter i wanted it to come from his heart not from the prompter and it didn't okay so what i cut the man some slack but i thought at the time and i even tweeted whoever's putting him through this this is cruel this is a ruse he's not in charge there's no way this guy's in charge but i didn't look at it like it could be anything other than a win-win for america because we got rid of a Murderous terrorist. Murdering terrorist. But then because there are a lot of people out there in the intelligence community who know more than I do, they were like, oh, 
He was killed on a balcony in Kabul. And they reflected on something Joe Biden said five days after our inept, cowardly withdrawal from Afghanistan. Look, let's put this thing in perspective here. What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with al-Qaeda gone? We went to Afghanistan for the express purpose of getting rid of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan as well as as well as getting Osama bin Laden. And we did. Okay, so he said five days after, and now they're gone. They're out of there. They're not there anymore. But the top guy is there about a year later, and he's living in an apartment and standing out on a balcony in broad daylight. Something is amiss. You mean Joe Biden, the Taliban, didn't shoot straight with us? You mean they actually welcomed Al-Qaeda back into Afghanistan? Hmm. Who knew? There's Fox's Jennifer Griffin also pointing out that, hey, you know, it's great. Al-Zawahiri was a bigwig in Al-Qaeda, but that's a mess over there, and he may not have even been a guy that other Islamic extremists, he may not have been a guy whose death they will mourn. They might be glad he's gone, and he's really not doing much anyway because he's old and tired and probably sick. Zawahi was not an operational leader of al-Qaeda. He was, if anything, a very ill man, had been sick for, for many years, was not, is not respected by ISIS, for instance. There's a vicious rivalry between al-Qaeda and the aging leadership uh, and the ISIS, the younger leaders and the, the sort of Islamic State types who are still out and about trying to uh, carry out big terrorist attacks, as well as the al-Qaeda factions in Yemen and elsewhere. It's not even clear they live Listen to Zawahi. Hmm. I'll still take him dead as a doornail. That's fine. But if you think we struck a blow against al-Qaeda, maybe not. Maybe all we did was show our naivete. It makes perfect sense to me that Zawahi, after the Taliban took over, he's close to Sirajin Haqqani, had protection from Pakistan ISI. They probably said, hey, why don't you move to Afghanistan? The U.S. is not there anymore, that Pakistan didn't want him under, under their roof anymore. But the point is that the Taliban... Pakistan ISI, they never made a break with al-Qaeda. And that's what this strike shows. He was hiding in plain sight because he felt comfortable to, just like bin Laden felt comfortable enough living in Abbottabad right next to the Pakistani military training center. So so it's, it shows that there was the naivete of signing a deal, any deal with the Taliban and saying, oh, uh, this shows that they broke the Doha agreement. Well, that agreement wasn't worth the paper it was written on. I know, shocker, hate to break your faith in Jake Sullivan and Ned Price and Joe Biden and their foreign policy acumen. (laughs) Now, it's not just Jennifer Griffin. Here's Catherine Herridge. She's now with CBS. She used to be at Fox. What does she draw from this killing of al-Zawahiri in Kabul? A former senior U.S. military official who ran counterterrorism operations told CBS News the question now is how the al-Qaeda leader could be living in the Afghan capital without the support of the Taliban, indicating the relationship between al-Qaeda and the Taliban is as strong as ever. Mm-hmm. Now, Fox did an interesting piece. They had Jennifer Griffin, Steve Harrigan, and Trey Yinks. They're three reporters who've kind of spanned the whole 20 years. 
since we've been in Afghanistan. And they showed video of Steve Harrigan back when he was a much younger guy uh, in the throes of attacks and, you know, with uh, stuff exploding all around him. And he lent uh, an interesting perspective to how things were, how things are now, and what this assassination of al-Zawahiri shows about U.S. foreign policy. On the one hand, this is a brilliant move. Tactically, this is just a testament to the amazing U.S. military force to drop a missile, not only in a crowded city, but in a crowded building, in a crowded apartment, to take out one person on a balcony. But in the bigger picture, strategically, I mean, contrast it with the failure that Afghanistan is. We were in there for 20 years, like those videos show, all the sacrifices Americans made for the past 20 years. And the same people that were in power 20 years ago are back in power right now. So tactically, brilliance. Strategically, still a failure. Failure. The man said failure. I remember when Joe Biden termed our withdrawal from Afghanistan an extraordinary success. An extraordinary success. I will never forget that. Because that is, I can't even find the words to equate how disrespectful that is to the death of the 13 service members who were blown apart at the Abbey Gate and the Kabul airport. It didn't have to happen that way. We gave away our military base out in the middle of nowhere. We We brought our fighting men and women to the doorstep of death by Joe Biden's design. By Joe Biden and Mark Milley's design, we brought our servicemen and women to the doorstep of death. Trey Yinkst of Fox also offering his perspective. There was a major concern at the time from U.S. officials that Afghanistan would be a new launch point for terror activities around the world. And you heard President Biden in those remarks that he made just five days after the Taliban formally took over Afghanistan. And he said that al-Qaeda no longer existed, and that was the reason the United States had to pull out. This was a much larger failure, a 20-year war that ultimately ended with the Taliban in control of Afghanistan. So many of the Afghans were trying to get out of the country because they didn't know what the future would look like. And we have seen a deterioration for the average Afghan living under Taliban control. That wasn't supposed to happen. A deterioration of, well, that was not supposed to happen. The women were supposed to still be able to vote and go to school and everything was going to be fine, we were told. Shocker, we were told wrong. Now, I... um, Wants you guys to go to 989theanswer.com because the opportunity to enter the Terrific Talkers VIP experience, that is waning. It goes until August the 5th. You can answer, you can enter once a day at 989theanswer.com or at theanswerdayton.com. Sit in with Mike Gallagher, Hugh Hewitt, Charlie Kirk, Brandon Tatum, Dennis Prager, any of the Salem hosts. Do it. Enter. All sponsored by our friends at Visiting Angels of Grove City. Visiting Angels of Grove City. Enter 989theanswer.com or theanswerdayton.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.